We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What is going on, Ivy Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Ivy Nation Sports Talk Show. I am Vince D'Addario. That guy is Jesse Styers. And, of course, the elder Styers is literally calling a women's basketball game right now. Tip-off was uh, about a minute ago. And as I peer over, it is 0-0. So, you know, go Irish. Here we go. But in the meantime, we're going to do something a little bit different today. It is a... Thursday edition of the Mailbag Show. So make sure you get your questions in. This show is driven by you. Quality questions, Vince. Quality bring questions. Us some, bring us some meat that we can, you know, get after and get to the bone of, man. Like, we're we're ready to go. I got a long weekend. I got Friday and Monday off. So I'm feeling good. It's my weekend now. That's the way I look at it. Like, I, I'm ready to jump into some Notre Dame football talk. We've got some great stuff in Rapid Fire, Jesse. We're all over the map baseball racing golf football just all over the place you so name it. To it yeah how so, was your valentine's day uh it was excellent actually got it got to obviously go out with the wife sans children which is always a bonus so left them at home took her out it was peaceful it was a, we went to a, a new italian place in town food was amazing I got culture shamed a little bit uh, because our waiter is like native Italian. And so he knew Italian and he heard my last name and he's like, do you speak Italian? And I'm like, no. And he was clearly very disappointed in me uh, that I did not speak Italian. He's like, with a name like Daddario, how do you not speak Italian? I'm like, I'm sorry. I have shamed my ancestors. Sorry to let you down. Yeah, I totally felt like I let this old man down. I totally did. (laughs) Uh, but it was nice. It was it was very nice. And uh, how about you? How was your Valentine's Day? It's still kind of fresh with you guys. 
Yeah, Valentine's Day was nice. Um, we went to a local place, had a nice um, homemade Italian spaghetti and meatball dinner. Um, and then, like, so it's kind of crazy. Not to get too deep about it, but, like, the place is really a donut shop. But the owner's mom is an Italian lady. And so she made, like, her special spaghetti. for, And they only <laughs> do this, like, dinner thing once a year. And it's on Valentine's Day. Really? Um, and then they made like homemade, uh, like these donuty garlic bread type things as like the, you know, the appetizer. Then you got a bottle of wine with your dinner and then two dessert donuts after that. One was like a Strombolini stuff with Nutella. And then the other one was like this almond, um, almond something, but long story short, it was really good. Nice. nice. <laughs> it was right around the corner. So like we didn't Even have better. to go very far. Even better. Have, is it like drive around the corner or walk around the corner? Walk around the corner. Nice. Even better. No car involved. Yeah. Very good. Are you guys like in the city or are you on the outskirts? It's like, do you walk um, around stuff? Yeah. So like I would say we're on the outskirts, but we're it only takes like a mile and a half to, to two miles okay. to get to downtown. So it's like nice. from our house to the Cavs Arena, it's like a six, seven minute drive type situation. And the train goes by our house that goes into downtown so often we take the train into downtown. smart smart very smart using the public transpo yes very good all right well it's a mailbag folks so uh get your questions in we got a few of them start up and so we're gonna run around i will say there are a couple of questions in here that also go along with what we're gonna talk about in rapid fire so we're gonna save some of those and i'll pull them up during rapid fire if i remember but we don't want to uh to spoil the excitement of rapid fire with some of those questions. So uh, I'm going to hold on to some of those, but uh, we do have, we do have some good ones. Hey, you told me, you told me earlier today, you and Brent were not getting along, <laughs> but he's back. He's back and he's ready for more. Says greeting Vincent Jesse. So he's here. He's ready to roll. Thank you, Brent, for showing up. I'm glad that uh, Jesse's bullying didn't keep you away from the show. So, I appreciate that very much. I'm not a bully, Vince. Come on. <laughs> I've seen you in action. I've seen you in action. Speaking of seeing people in action, I, I just got to throw this out there just because he's somebody that's near and dear to both of our hearts. But uh, our buddy, former player for me, former teammate for you, Shaq Van, uh, is now an assistant coach at Ball State. Was that? I saw that. Was that uh, Washington, University of Washington? So he's in the national championship game as a graduate assistant for the wide receivers. And now is an official wide receivers coach at Ball State, so we're, we're super excited for uh, for our buddy Shaq. I texted him last night and congratulated him and everything else. So, um, congratulations to our buddy. Oh, yeah. I I asked one of the football coaches uh, over at the high school. I was like, "Hey, do you remember a guy named Shaq Van?" He's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he was an animal. He was a running back. He had 425 yards one game, which was awesome." needed every one of those yards by the way to win that game but uh yeah so Shaq van congratulations my friend i'm sure he doesn't listen he's busy with other things but still wanted to throw that out there all right let's jump into a little bit of rapid fire salty virginia peanuts has the first one here tennessee and virginia have brought suit against the ncaa regarding a school being able to directly pay nil with the judge seeming to lean against the NCAA ban, good or bad? <laughs> There's, I tried to look this up a little bit, uh, so I would, I would be speaking with some intelligence on this lawsuit. And basically what they're saying is the legislation surrounding NIL is vague at best. And I think we can all agree that that's the case. Uh, there, there's different pieces about the schools being able to pay directly the NIL. There's also parts in there. Apparently recruits can't specifically negotiate NIL deals or something before they sign. And so it's more like, uh, you know, Hey, maybe this is what we'll do for you. If you like just a bunch of ambiguity, which seems silly, but again, it's the NCAA. So I don't see why that surprises anybody. Uh, to be honest with you, I will say that it's good if they can just put together like legit rules that are easy for everybody to understand. If they do that, then I think it ends up being good. Yeah, I, I, I like what you said. I think that 
there needs to be some set of rules or guidelines. And, and I didn't even, you did more research than I did about this topic. This is honestly kind of one of the first times I've heard about it. Um, I would just like set guidelines and boundaries to be in place. And I think that's the biggest thing that's missing right now. Fair enough. NIL is just a, it's a weird landscape. And I mean, first of all, recruiting is a weird landscape to begin with. And then you throw in obviously this NIL stuff for the top tier guys. It just gets that much more confusing. And then you also throw into the mix that universities are, it's the wild, wild West. There's rules, but not really. They're vague. They're antiquated. They're, you know, it's like the NCAA wasn't even trying to, to really regulate this and it shows. And now the schools are kind of pushing back and they're like, okay, well, we, we need to know what is actually legal, what's not, because now we're, we're getting these violations and things like that and didn't know or didn't care to know. I goes that that's always a possibility too. Uh, but yeah, the, it's it's a wild situation out there. And so hopefully they get it kind of figured out and, and, and just nail it down. And whether you are pro-NIL or anti-NIL, it's here to stay. So... I think it just needs to be regulated and it needs to be, you know, very obvious what's allowed and what's not allowed. I think that's going to be that way. Everybody's on a level playing field, at least as far as knowing the rules and what you can and can't do. All right. DK is up next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, what's your way too early preseason top 10? Um, <laughs> top 10 might be a little, uh, a little tough to come up with. I, you know, I know Brian Driscoll could very easily come up with a top 10, probably right off the top of his head. I know ESPN came out with a top 10 pretty recently. I saw that on Twitter and it's funny, all of the, Way too early. So, like, Notre Dame started out at, like, 11-ish, 10-ish. And every time one of these, not these, these you know, way too early polls come out, they keep inching their way up. And in the most recent one, ESPN has them at number five. Which really? I thought was interesting. Yeah. Their previous ranking from, from ESPN specifically was 10. And now they're five. Uh, and I think they're starting to take into account some of these transfers. You know, they're they're actually looking at the roster, which is a novel concept when you're doing these rankings. Uh, but yeah, they've jumped up to five. And so ahead of them, Georgia, they've got Ohio State at two, which I feel is actually kind of high for them. Uh, and they got Oregon State three, Texas four, uh, Notre Dame five, Ole Miss six, Missouri seven. Penn State eight, mm. Alabama nine, and Utah rounds out the top ten. So, how about we kind of shift the question? What do you think about that particular top ten? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it. Like, I think, or sorry, disagree with it. I think, like off the top of my head, I, I'm I'm like you. I don't I don't know if I could give you a top ten, but I could give you like a handful of teams that I think belong that should be in that area. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, I I feel like Georgia, Texas. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Missouri. Um, did I say? I don't know if I said Ohio State, Michigan. That's kind of like my solid core of around eight teams that I think would be comfortably in the top ten right now. I just don't know how to feel about the Missouri or sorry, the Arizonas, the Utahs. Like 
they were it's going to be a rough integration for them, you know, going into this Big Ten season. And so I guess oh, yeah. I'm interested to see how that pans out. And, you know, they're going to play more tougher schedules, a lot more travel, sure. playing more a different kind of, you know, Midwest football, I guess you could call it in some in some instances. So I, I struggle knowing what those Pac-12 now Big Ten teams are going to look like. That's fair. No, I think that's a lot, that's fair. I think. You know, it feels like Penn State's a little high on this list. They they always seem to be ranked high in the preseason and then never live up to their billing. Like that that's how it always seems to go. Right. Um, you know, we'll obviously see how this year goes. Missouri being in the top ten, I think they've earned it. I, I yes. do like, I think they've earned it based on what they did last year and the the multitude of guys that are, are gonna be coming back. Um I it's gonna be I think they deserve at least to be there at the beginning. You know, and then obviously they're going to go through the SEC. And if they can again have a, I mean, shoot, they had an 11 and two record last year, right? They were six and two in the SEC. If they can repeat that, then they're, they absolutely deserve to be right where they are. I do like Ole Miss. I think they're right on the verge of doing something special. You know, they haven't really won the big, big game and, and then sustained it. Uh, but I think that they have a lot of the pieces in place and I gotta, I gotta say, I kind of like where Notre Dame is situated there. I like them at like that five to seven range. You know, they, I don't think they deserve to be top four or anything like that, but that bottom half of the top 10, I think, I think that's a good spot for Notre Dame. I do. And, and it, it puts a lot of, the 2024 destiny in their own hands. You know what I mean? Um, and we're going to talk about the schedule a little bit later, but uh, with the schedule that they have, if they actually start out the season as the number five ranked team in the country, I, I like where they're at. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I think that, you know, in combination with their schedule and likely will they'll start at the beginning of the season they should find themselves in a comfortable position throughout the duration of the season as long as there's no major, you know, like uh, upsets. I, I almost would call them an upset because I, I think that Notre Dame should handle its schedule relatively easily and they should remain kind of in that top 10 throughout the entire season. Yep, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, I, I like where they're situated and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out. And if they are actually ranked that high when the preseason polls actually come out you know what i mean because it's always it's always very interesting to see where you're situated going into the season because then you know if you lose a game then how far do you drop and if you continue to win do you you know go up do you stay the same like all of those different things shoot if you're number five you're in a great spot because obviously that's as high as you can be ranked in the postseason so you know, if you can hold on to that number five spot you're in great shape great shape True or false, the 49ers reasoning that under the new OT rules, taking the ball first gave them better odds to have the third possession and win it then is reasonable. I would say, I mean, it depends on how you look at this question, right? Do you have better odds of getting, I mean, obviously you have the third, but you're going to get the third possession, right? If you get the ball first, you're going to have the third possession. So, yeah, you're going to have the third possession, but there's no guarantee you're going to get to the third possession, which they didn't, right? So, I don't think – I think it's way too much of a gamble to take the ball first, hoping, basically, that you get to a third possession. So yeah, I, I don't – I don't think that the logic is reasoning when Patrick Mahomes is involved in the equation because what you're assuming is – one that you're going to score in some manner, you know, maybe a field goal uh, at worst, and then you're you're hoping that you can limit Mahomes to a field goal because you know if they if if the 49ers go field goal touchdown, it's over. If it goes touchdown touchdown, okay, then they get the ball back. But then if they go touchdown field goal, okay, they win. I just there was something about not wanting to give Patrick Mahomes an extra down when he's already good in three down situations. And I think that is ultimately the backbreaker of the situation is Patrick Mahomes got third and fourth down every drive if he needed it. 
And I just don't think you can give someone like that that many chances. And so yeah. I'm going to – I say it's unreasonable for that just because if you score first, it's it's never a punt situation for Kansas City. And you're allowing the, the best player in football an extra down literally every time. And so for that reason, I, I think it's completely unreasonable. Agreed. I agree. But right. also, you know, their defense did just get off the field and they were gassed. True. So you can't no, put them out true. there back-to-back series – as well. It, it was really a, a bad situation to be in. I think I don't think if you're Shanahan, you win in that situation. I think you get criticized no matter what. Like, why didn't you give your yeah. defense a break? And then also, why would you allow Patrick Mahomes to get the ball second? So that's I fair. Don't know, it wasn't wasn't really a, a win situation in the moment. It didn't feel like that big of a deal. It didn't. I mean, I, I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. The, the, the reasoning behind getting the third possession seemed a little odd to me, if I'm being honest. But I, in the moment, I was like, okay, they took the ball first. That, whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't strike me in the moment of being a big deal. You know what I mean? So we did get a super chat here from Tyler Evans. So we're going to bump Tyler to the top of the line. How you rank all 12 teams at Notre Dame plays this season first to, or sorry, worst to first. All right. So that means we got to get the, I got to get the schedule in front of me. <laughs> This is uh, something. This is almost something I feel like I need to uh, kind of prepare in advance because I'm going to screw it up. Uh, I feel like, but that's okay. So, worst to first. I mean, I Miami feel like of Ohio or Northern Illinois. Uh, Navy and Army aren't great. <laughs> yeah, but do you think? I still think they could beat Miami. Miami, of Ohio Miami was the Miami was the champion of their conference last That's true. year. They were MAC champs. They were MAC champs. I think they only lost two games all season. So I, I would not put it past my. I, I would not put Miami last. I okay. don't know enough about Northern Illinois. I'm going Northern Illinois uh, last. That's they got a lot of L's on their schedule from last year. <laughs> um, they went seven and six, five and three in the Mac, but they finished the season winning three straight games and beat Arkansas State in the Camilla Camilla Bowl or whatever the heck that is. So, but I agree with you. Northern Illinois uh, would be my bottom one as well. And then I think from there you can do like Navy, Army, Miami of Ohio, like however you want to arrange fine. that group of three. Yeah, that's fine. I I was uh, going to look at Army and see what their schedule was like last year. They went six and six. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously they're they're they didn't do great. Uh, and then we know where Navy we know where Navy was, but they had a brand new head coach, so they're going to be uh, trying to figure some things out, but. Yeah, I agree. So the, the bottom four, uh, in some yeah, they were five and seven last year. So the the bottom four would be in whatever order you want to go with Northern Illinois at the bottom potentially, then the service academies, maybe then Miami of Ohio, whatever. But you can put them in whatever order you want. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. So now we move to the rest of the schedule. Who are probably Stanford, I guess, would probably be next. I guess my next grouping would probably be like Stanford, Purdue, and Virginia. Those would be okay. my next like lump of three that you could probably, you know. I think that's fair. I, I think the best way to do this is in tiers because it's like yeah. there's no way we're going to agree one through 12 exactly. And right. It's like we also, it's again, I just feel like you have tiers of really bad, moderately bad, average, and like above average. <laughs> so where are you gonna put Georgia Tech? Are they um, in that middle that middle tier? Are we doing three tiers? Yeah, we could do three tiers of four. I so guess is probably the best way okay. to do it. So where are you gonna put Georgia Tech? They'd be in my middle tier. Okay. So we've got Purdue, we've got Stanford, we've got Georgia Tech, and we've got Virginia as the middle four. Yes. Okay, and then that would that would leave for the top four: Texas A and M, yep, L- Louisville, yep. Okay, Florida uh, State, Florida State, and USC, USC. I, I think, think that's a that's, solid, yeah, tiering system that we got. Yeah, I like it. I think uh, I think that that yeah, I like that the four tiers, and then you could you could make plenty of an argument for who goes where within those right. Tiers. But I feel like that's, that's fine, like you're but, just generally lumping together, right kind of the the same opponents type situation and i i would also say 
I'm very interested to see kind of, I, I need to study some rosters and I need to look at some fit. Like I'm not ready to right. really like <laughs> go to town on who I think is the best, the worst or whatever. But I like the tiers. I think that's good. Cause you look, do I think Georgia tech would beat Stanford? Yeah, probably. Right. But the way Notre Dame's schedule is set up, I think they belong in the same tier. If that makes sense. Right. Yep. So uh, I, I do like that. I do like that a lot. Uh, checking the, uh, the old chat here to see if I missed anything here <laughs> salty is a very interesting question that i'll just throw up for s's and g's here is head football coach at notre dame the second highest position in the catholic church he's up there i mean you know if if you're a full-fledged uh you know catholic and you're you know taking this question seriously obviously the answer would be no but in terms of popularity and in terms of, um, how do I want to say this? Uh, you know, if you ask the average person and you put a bunch of people involved with the Catholic Church on a piece of paper and you said, identify them, people who are going to identify the Pope and Marcus Freeman. Like, that's <laughs> that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, I, I think if you did that, that's absolutely would be accurate. But I, I threw that up there for fun. Uh, we have another super chat here from Anthony. Ooh, let me get to it. Thanks for the show. You're welcome. You're welcome, Anthony. Thanks Glad for the to two dollars. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate the super chat very, very much. Let's see here. Next question. This is a good one from DJ. In this transfer era, will it be possible for a smaller program to make a run with players that have played together for years, or will transfer? Coaching by Power Five teams keep it from happening. Um, is it possible? Yeah, but has the transfer portal making it? Is the transfer portal making it harder? Yeah, and I think that ultimately what this question kind of boils down to is the head coach. Can you convince your guys that you are building something where they don't need to transfer right away? Right? Like, are you are you going to be able to convey? to a group of men that even if you aren't playing right now, you are still, you know, competing every day for the common good of the team for your opportunity coming up and et cetera. So I think that this question is more so posed to head coaches. I think head coaches are going to have a harder time now. You're going to have to like building a quote unquote dynasty or a program is so much harder when there's so many guys coming in and out. So I think coaches are going to have to be coaching harder or be better at it to keep guys in and keep them kind of convinced that, hey, what we're doing here is going to work out. What I'm telling you, you're, you know, going forward is going to work out. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And I think if you're doing exactly what you say, are there still going to be transfers out of your program? Yes, but yeah. they're not going to be the starters. They're not going to be right. the guys that you're counting on. It's going to be the guys that aren't seeing the field. And while football is the ultimate game of depth and, and team and all of that, that doesn't hurt you as much as if your starters are leaving. And when you don't have a successful program when it comes to leadership and all of those things, and wins matter, don't get me wrong, wins matter. If you don't have that, then starters are going to transfer out. And then you've got, you know, obviously a bigger issue. I, you know, in regards to the actual question, I think smaller programs are going to, they're, they're just not going to be able to make a run. And it's simply, going to be from a talent standpoint i don't care how long you've been together you could make this argument for the ncaa tournament for basketball but not for football i think guys that are senior you know teams that are senior laden have been playing with each other for a long time in basketball makes a big difference over some of those one and dones and things like that but i think football you can be out talented because you rely on so many more players and so many more, you know, all of those, all of the different things that you get at a bigger university. I just think that that's just a hill they're not going to be able to climb. I mean, so I just don't see that happening in today's football. Unfortunately, I would love it to be the case. I just don't see it. And I will also say in the recruiting world, there the small schools, I think smartly so, they're recruiting guys by saying, look, you come to my school for two years. 
I'll help you get to a power five. Right. I'll help. I'll help you get to where you want to be. Come to us. We'll help you get there. You know, if that's what schools are selling, then God, that's what guys are going into that program looking to do. They're going to be loyal for two years or whatever the case may be, and then they're going to be looking elsewhere. And so do you think head coaches become more um... – like if you're a max school or you know maybe a, a lesser power five, and is the ultimate goal then just we're gonna run our program? And like you said, if you're selling that, you know you can. We're, our goal is to get you to your next destination, whatever that is. If you think that you know you have a destination beyond this, we can help you get there. And so at that point, if you're coaching, are you coaching to kind of almost get to the point where you can be the guy that's taken away all you know that 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 is now at the big time power five and take players away because if that's what you're selling, you're basically admitting that you're not really, you know, you're not competing for championships. Yeah. Like if that's, I mean, mean, to be honest, like if if we're being completely honest here, is that what you're, you are trying to turn out teams and players for your own personal gain to get to that next step where you can now compete for national championships. Cause I mean, like, like you said, there's, there's guys, there's coaches who are selling that. And to me, when you're selling that, that means, I don't, you know, I don't really have an aspiration to win a championship or it's not really realistic where, where I'm at right now. So let's help each other out. I'll help you. You make me look better. The team has some, you know, more wins, obviously not national championship level. And now I'm moving on to a better job where I can potentially have a better chance at a national championship. I think at these lower level schools, I mean, I think these coaches are being honest. They're like, look, you come here, you help us win. I get to move on. So why wouldn't I help you move on? Right. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's all part of it. I think, you know, you almost have to be brutally honest with some of these recruits, you know what I mean? And, and what you're looking for. And some of that honesty, and I've I've seen it. They're like, look, you're not a power five recruit. If you were, you'd be getting offers. And so come to our school and we'll get you where you want to be. You know what I mean? And right. I don't know that that's a tact I would take if I was a head coach at a lower level school, but <laughs> it. It's, it works on some guys. I know it does because I've seen it, you know, and it, it's a very interesting path to take. And one I was very shocked about when I first heard it, but then I kind of took a step back. I was like, okay, I mean, it makes sense. It, it, it allows you to get these guys in the door. And then sometimes, sometimes they enjoy where they're at and they stay. I mean, that, that absolutely happens, right? Not everybody is looking to leave. Um, like there's an NAIA school in Indianapolis that is getting transfers from like low level D one, like Nevada and like these other schools. So Marion, I am. How'd you know yeah. that? Yeah. Well, That's we impressive. played when I when I played Marion. They had guys that were yeah like, got kicked out of IU, got kicked right. out of this school, and again, not to be crazy, but like this one dude had a monitor on his ankle while we were playing him. That's why he got <laughs> kicked out of IU. I'm wow. not. I'm not kidding you. Like I was on, I believe it on special teams, and the guy that was across from me was him. And I was like, "Oh, well, this should be a fun day." <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. But I mean, but it's it's legit, and that's actually the school that I was referring to. Uh, they've got connections to some guys in the NFL. They've and... got guys to make training camp rosters. Oh, one hundred percent. The head coach's son is the starting center for the Bengals. Mm, and, I didn't and know so, that. And so he works out in Indianapolis. And that's one of their selling points. Hey, come to our school. If you're an offensive line, come to our school. You can work out with an NFL starter. Yeah. And we'll make you better and we'll get you where you want to be. Like, okay. You know, that's that's a tough thing to pass up. Yeah, that's you know? a program that basically competes for the NAIA, NAIA championship every year. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're always in the mix. So, yeah. I DJ, great question. I just think it's very difficult for a smaller school to compete with these power fives, especially in the transfer era, because if there's holes on these power five teams that are championship contenders, they plug them with guys from the schools that you're talking about. So they just get pillaged. Those schools get pillaged of their good players. They just do. And so that's tough. It's really tough, but great question, DJ. Thank you very, 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 very much. No, but if Marcus Freeman was coming over for dinner to talk to your son, what would you serve him? Um, I would do my research. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I would ask around, 
find out what his favorite meal is and make it. And if I couldn't make it or my wife couldn't make it or whoever's in the kitchen that night, I would order out and I would make sure it's whatever he likes. That's because if he's making the effort to come eat dinner at my place, that means we're talking some serious stuff. And so business a hundred percent. And so I'm going to make sure that coach Freeman's taken care of in the food category. I would go with a nice salad to start. Okay. Oh yeah. Start things out a little healthy. Um, and then I would move into either a chicken or steak. That would be Coach Freeman's preference. Whatever. I'd say, hey, you got two meat options. He seems like a guy who would who would, you know, he, he gets his protein in for dinner. Oh, so I'm sure. I'm sure. Chicken, potatoes, or sorry, chicken, steak, side of potatoes, side of uh some sort of vegetable, maybe green green beans, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and then some some wine to pair with our dinner. I think that's the the perfect dinner and something I can do. I can make that food. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I don't, I just don't, I don't know what he likes. It had to be something that he likes. I can't, I can't take the chance that I make something <laughs> that he either doesn't like or can't eat. Like if he's got, I don't know if he's got special dietary issues. What if he's a vegetarian? Right. I need these. I would do my research, man. I would, I, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. I would I would get my 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 notepad out from my desk for my passes, and I would write a pass for Vinny Freeman, his son, and I would send it, and he'd come to my office. I'd be like, "Hey, what's Dad like to eat?" For Ooh, dinner? you know, it would be a good one, Vince. In our <laughs> in our area, I think you could get away with getting some like Frankie's barbecue and, and See, bringing that over. This is what I'm saying. If he's a barbecue guy, you got <laughs> you got you got to step it up, right? 100. percent No, 100. percent so yeah, DJ disagrees. This is no way, Vince. You serve whatever your family eats. Marcus Freeman will be the most interested in who you are. I guarantee Marcus Freeman doesn't give a crap who I am uh, if he's here to see my son. Number one and number two, I don't think he'd like what we eat at home. I mean, maybe he would like it, but like we're hodgepodge, man. We're we're it's whatever is available. You know what I'm saying? So it. Uh, it would not impress anybody. I'll just keep it. At, I'll leave it at that. Our <laughs> normal dinners at home would not impress anybody. And I would. I, but it gets the job done. It does get the job done. But I also feel like I would find a place for all of my son's siblings to be that night as well. Because I wouldn't want to scare off Coach Freeman. Although he does have six kids himself. So maybe that wouldn't scare him off. All right. Great Crescent, DK. I like those. Thinking outside the box. Hopefully I had that opportunity at some point. Not going to but it'd be great. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to ask that one just yet because that goes along with rapid fire. Here we go. This will be a fun one. Mailbag, least favorite and least favorite thing about covering Notre Dame. Vince, I'll let you take this one. Well, obviously my favorite part is game day being up at the press box and (laughs) watching the games. Like that is by far the absolute best part of covering the team. And you know, along those lines is like being able to be at practice and things like that. That's, it's fantastic. It's the, uh, it's the best part It's the best part. You know, I would say the worst part is always kind of thinking about what I'm going to say or what I'm going to post. Um, because you just never know who's reading or who's watching or, something like that you know what i mean so it's always just kind of like i can't i can't be that fan that just bitches and moans about everything you know what i mean like i can't be that i can't be that guy right and so i have to you know like you said i gotta filter myself a little bit so that's probably the worst part i would love to jump on twitter and just be like can't do that university wouldn't like that i'm sure and there's no point in that because fans already do it. And so, and Joe said the fans and the fans as the best part and the worst part, which is hilarious, but also true. Um, I can, I know what mine would be. That. Yeah, go ahead. Hit it. I think the, the best part about covering is you always have, you always have the inside scoop, you know, yeah, this is you're true. always sniffing the, you're always sniffing things before everyone else is sniffing them. And but so the problem is you can't tell anybody sometimes. So that goes exactly yeah. into my worst part is you That's have tough. this knowledge and you have people asking you stuff and you just got to be like, hey, I can't tell you. Or or you everyone knows you just work for Notre Dame and they want to immediately just text you and say, 
hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, what about this? You know, like, what's your opinion on this? So, it's a, yeah. so like, while you have a, a wealth of knowledge, it can also mm-hmm. be disadvantageous because everyone wants to come to you immediately. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Is this true? Is this not true? Da, 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 da. And then, like you said, when you do know stuff, you can't, you got to like hold it in, right? It's like, as a yeah. kid, when someone would tell you a secret, like all you want to do is go tell someone else, but like you can't. <laughs> right. So I think that's my best and worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible secret keeper. And <laughs> whenever like Brian calls me, he's like, okay, you can't tell anybody this. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> do they realize who they're telling? <sighs> I mean, I don't, I obviously don't, you know, let out of the bag what he tells me, but man, is it hard. I'm like, I got to tell somebody. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But it, it, you are 100% correct. It is nice to actually have the real story on certain things. And there are certain times where that real story will never get out. And that can be frustrating, especially when you've got fans on social media just chirp, chirp, chirping. And, and you well, yeah, just that's w- the annoying part. It's like oh. man, they, they, people will come to you and be like, oh my gosh, about this. And you'd be like, oh, it's not true. And they'd be like, oh, but it is. And it's like, okay, but it's, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's easier to do that in person. Like if somebody I know comes up to me and they're like, "This, this, this, and this," and I'm like, "Yeah, actually, this is the truth," and they're like, "Oh," <laughs> but you can't, you know, I don't know. It's 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 tough sometimes. I agree with you. It's very, very, very tough. Like I said, I'm a terrible secret keeper, but I always keep Brian's secrets when it comes to the team because I don't want him to stop telling me or get fired. Well, that's part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a great job. I, I don't want to lose it. All right. I do not want to lose it. All right. Here's the, uh, an NFL one, I guess, from uh, our buddy Salty. Whoa. Fill in the blank. The NFL's next gen stats are blank. They're awesome. I'm a stats nerd. Anytime there's are. stats, I love it. I eat it up. I love to see this guy had a 2% cut, you know probability of making mm-hmm. that catch or this is like a 10% throw by the quarterback. Like to me, it, it heightens the situation. I, I, I think it's good to know is, should this be a routine play, you know, routine for professional players? Yeah. Right. Or is this like, is, is, is this even hard for the professionals? Like, do they even stand a chance essentially? And so I like the stats for that reason, because I like to know, you know, like how easy or hard it really is for these guys. No, that's fair. I, 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 I like information. Right. And the more information I can get, the better off I am. I I like getting as much information as possible. This is another avenue for that information. Is some of it kind of like maybe made for TV or whatever? Sure. But I can never have too much information when I'm watching a game or whatever. So I like them. I I like the stats because I don't think you can ever have enough. Um, And like they always say, you can make stats say whatever you want them to say. But the more you have, the easier it is to actually make a true comment on those stats. Yeah, yeah. The more data you have, the more you can filter out kind of yes. those BS made up, you 100%. Know, twisted numbers that lean or support your argument, essentially. The more data you have, the better. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, baseball question from Andre. Uh, do you have a sleeper team in baseball? Um. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think there's, uh, I think the Reds are, are, are a really Ooh. interesting team this year. A lot of young guys. I think De La Cruz is good. They're starting to get some pitching okay. into their rotation. I just like how young they are. Um, shoot, they have another guy, Encarnacion. He's basically like Joey Votto Jr. Just, it, I think he's going to be something pretty good. And then. I also like the Mariners a lot. I think they've been on the brink kind of recently. I think they miss a couple bats in their lineup. But, you know, when I'm th- thinking of, like, sleepers, I'm thinking of a team where, like, like uh, in terms – like, betting odds, like, like plus 2,000 or something. You know, like, something crazy to win. Yeah, Those right. are two teams that kind of come to mind are the Mariners and the Reds. I hope it's not the Reds. I hope the Reds don't get Seriously, back sooner than you, the Cubs. But... You had to pick somebody in the division, didn't you? <laughs> I was being honest. <laughs> You and your honesty. You take a hike. Not a fan of your honesty at the present. All right. Uh, Brent wants to know what the injury status of Riley Leonard. He's good. I think he's good to go. It sounds like everything I've heard is that he's going to be ready for spring practice. And uh, we'll know more on March 7th when the first practice of the season is open 
to the media will be able to tell, you know, kind of what he's doing. And but from what I can gather, he's going to be ready to roll. So I'm not, I'm not worried. To be I'm not honest. worried until I hear otherwise. Correct. I, I am really not. So we'll see how it goes. Did you see okay. the uh, question about linebackers in there? I think yep, I got that one all start up, brother man. Here you go from Brent. Who are the three starting linebackers for Notre Dame in 24? Sneed, Osbury, Bowen, and Kaiser rotating. Um, I think you have it pretty close there. I think Kaiser will be your Will. Um, Drake Bowen will be your Mike. And then I think Sneed and Osbury will rotate yep. um, at the rover position. And honestly, whoever plays better will get more playing time. But yeah. I think Jack Kaiser coming back meant something. There was sure. a conversation had. I don't think yeah. he was guaranteed a spot, but I do think it was like almost like we really want you back. Yeah. It is your spot to ultimately kind of lose situation. You know, you're the veteran, you know the defense. Yeah. You've been trending well. You played well in the in the opportunities you got this last season. So I really think Kaiser being back is is something right? Like, because I think he could have transferred somewhere and been, you know, if and, and definitely been a starter somewhere. Agreed. But I think him coming back, there's he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yep, I completely agree with that. I think that uh, you nailed it. I think that'll be the starting group to start the season, and you know we'll see what happens as things move along. I think Kaiser is your ultimate wild card. He can start at will, and I think he will start at will. But he can also play a little Mike. He can obviously play Rover. He's been doing that his whole career. So, like, he is your ultimate wild card if somebody else is stepping up and you want to get them in. I think the best thing you can do with Jalen Sneed is exactly what they did with him, but expand the role a little bit, what they did this past year. He comes in. He rushes the quarterback. You know, he's he is a situational guy, but a guy that you trigger, a guy that you use his athleticism move him around, you know, things like that, kind of make him, I, I for lack of a better term, because I just used it, but make him a wild card. Make him somebody that they always have to find on the field. Where's number three? Is he coming from over here? Is he coming from over here? Is he coming from the middle? Is he, you know, where is he coming from the second, third level, whatever? I think you've got to use him to your advantage, use his athleticism. I just don't know that he's an every down linebacker yet. Yeah. So at least not from what I saw last year. A lot of things can change, obviously, but uh, you're not going to be in bad shape if Kaiser's on the field a lot. You're just I think, not. I mean, Indy Saylor said it in the Kaiser is like Bertrand, underappreciated. He, he is a football player. I agree. I think, right. I think Kaiser will be great, you know? Absolutely. Oh, I do too. I, like I said, you can't be in a bad situation if Kaiser's on the field. You, you just, you just can't. Hey, let's stay on the defensive side of the football. Brent Smith again. What are your thoughts regarding the secondary Notre Dame secondary for 24 Watts, Schuler, Gray, Morrison, Mickey, and M bell. Vince, Michael bell. So I think, let's see here. I think you have to be, I, I believe he's forgetting the, uh, the transfer safety Clark that came in. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I'm looking on the the website and I'm not seeing him. But yeah, I I think you're, you're forgetting about the transfer kid uh, who's going to be in the mix, obviously. Uh, it, you know, at safety, I think that second safety spot is pretty wide open. But when they went to the portal and they got another safety, it felt maybe a little bit more solidified that he's going to get the first crack at it. Uh, but these young guys have a bunch of talent, and so it's going to be very interesting. I am extremely high on the secondary for Notre Dame in 24. Extremely high. You've got the best defensive player in the country coming back. You've got a freshman All-American, obviously, in Morrison coming back. I think whoever ends up getting the other corner position, whether it's Gray or Mickey, you're going to be in great shape. And then you know, whoever ends up being the nickel, like there, there are, it is a, there's just a wealth of talent in the secondary right now. And so I feel extremely good about the secondary in 24, extremely good. Yeah. I think, you know, Morrison's definitely going to be your boundary corner. Um, Watts is going to definitely be your strong safety. And then, like you said, I think the, the field side corner is going to be between Mickey and Christian gray. 
And then really it's it's kind of looking at your free safety. Is it going to be um, Adon Schuler? Is it going to be Jordan, Jordan Clark? Clark? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it listed as a DB? You know, like who is – I think that – the, the free safety in the nickel spot will kind of be where things are ultimately determined. I think whoever doesn't play that one might potentially play the other type situation. And so that's kind of where I see it at. Yeah, I mean, I – I think you could be in obviously great shape if you've got Morrison, Gray, and Mickey on the field at the same time. Because those, I mean, some dynamic corners there if you've got them right. all on the field. If one of them's playing nickel, uh, I think Jordan Clark could definitely play safety. Could he play some nickel? I think he could. Uh, you know, if one of those other safeties steps up and takes that job, then they, hey, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. So, like I said, a wealth of talent. It's just going to be up to Mike Mickens to decide how he wants to get that talent on the field. And everybody more of a rotation, you know, right. Everybody that he mentioned is going to see playing time though. That's the thing. I'm going to see playing time. Yeah. I agree with that. They're going to count on all of those guys. Uh, And, and rightfully so, because like I said, tons of talent. Uh, And Joe, we'll, we'll, we'll end it up with this one from Joe. Mailbag. Am I correct? That even if Notre Dame finishes number one, they can only be number five when the playoffs start. That is correct. Because they are not going to be a conference champion. And in order to be top four and to get a bye, you need to be a conference champion. So, again, I don't think that this is a detriment to Notre Dame. We've kind of discussed this multiple times. uh, Because if they're number five, that means they're hosting a game in December at Notre Dame Stadium. They've already had a quote-unquote bye by not playing in the conference championship. And if you're the number five seed then you've got the group of five team that is number 12 coming into Notre Dame Stadium. So it's a good spot to be in. I, I don't see that as a big detriment. And, you know, that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. I really am. Yeah. So, Same. Yeah. So it, it was a good concession by Notre Dame. It's a good concession, to be honest with you. I, I don't – I would love to host a game in December after having a few weeks off against a group of five team. Yeah. You know, that's – I'm totally like a Tulane wants to come up here or whoever it is. Like, okay, cool, cool, no problem. So, is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.